you got to be a student of your business, right? Uh, you got to be a student of the game. So if there's high-level people that you're trying to attract, you got to know their customer. You got to know their person. I said, I'm real big on data, right? So I would study. I would go find them on their profile. I would look at, you know, how they spend their time, the things that they like. Uh, but I'm going to tell you the biggest way that I connect with people that I want to connect with is really through uh, mutual connections, right? Uh, and like what Ruben said and kind of what we're talking about through networking, once you do serve a lot of people and you make connections, those people, you can reach back into that network. A lot of times, it's just three degrees separation. Have you ever heard of that concept before? You're really, the, the concept of it all is you're really only one or two people away from those connections that you need. So I would look in my network, right, and then I would figure out how can somebody connect me. And if you don't have anybody in the network, then you got to be a student of that and figure out, you know, what do they eat lunch at? You know, what, what are the things that they like it? And put yourself in a position to be able to meet them. Yo, what's going on, Equity Chasers? Listen, I know you guys are enjoying the episode. Real quick, I know that you guys have already subscribed to the channel, so that's not why I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you guys because we have some major things that we're going to be rolling out. So what I need you to do is pause the video, go down to the description. Right above the description of the video, you're going to see a link. That link is going to give you access to our email list. I need you to subscribe. So when we roll out some of these things, you'll be one of the few that can get into the room. What are we going to roll out? We're going to be opening up our studios this summer. We're going to be letting you guys come in. We're going to be letting you guys watch us record live. We also have some live events planned. We have a lot of things that we're going to be rolling out for you, the entrepreneur who's looking to take your business, your game to the next level this summer. You're going to want to hit that email list and tap in. But look, let's do this. Let's get back to the video. Thank you. Your value proposition, you really want it to be that powerful. You want it to stop somebody in their tracks and you want them to say, how do you do that? Right? And you got to be creative with it. Uh, I was in the t-shirt uh, industry for 10 years. I've shared my story with you guys. Uh, one of my value propositions when I was talking to an entrepreneur, a small business owner was, you know, my name is Kelvin Woods. I help people create walking billboards. Now, how many of you guys, once you hear that, you want to know how do you do that? That's how powerful you want your value propositions to be. Right? How do we do that? We print your logo on the back of t-shirts, right? And it's customers and your, your people are walking around patronizing your business. They're walking billboards for you. So you can get creative whatever industry that you're in when it comes to making your value proposition. What's your take on it, Dad? All right, so my take on value proposition, um, I'm in the marketing business. So for us, it's um, kind of having a set of options, but having that one option that gives the most value, right? So in branding and marketing, I always like to over-deliver. So I always try to have that value proposition that's going to over-deliver that says, you know, um, puts a wow on people's face and say, well, I'm, I'm going to get all of this for this for this price, right? So we have, like, you guys see it all the time on websites that have a basic package, a standard package, and a premium package, right? So it's always to try to sell that standard package, but to over-deliver as if it was a premium package. So that's kind of my take on value proposition from a marketing standpoint. Anybody want to share their perspective on value proposition? I think we got a couple of mics. Anybody want to add anything to that? If y'all have anybody got questions about uh, networking, value propositions, or anything? Okay, cool. If y'all have questions, let us know. We also had uh, on the hit list building a strong brand. This is a good one, man. Talk to me about building a strong brand. What are some of the key things that you look for? 
So building a strong brand, one of the biggest things um, that helps me build my brand stronger and stronger still to this day is feedback from actual clients, actual customers, and other people that are in the same industry. I love taking on feedback. I'll take feedback from anybody. When I'm looking for wisdom, I don't look for a certain type of person or a certain type of company or a certain type you know, uh, demographic. I take it from any and everybody because you really don't know who your target audience is until they find you. So I just accept a lot of feedback. I implement that feedback, and that helps me to grow my brand stronger. How, um, when it comes to your credibility and just like your personal branding, your individual self, what do you? How do you tie credibility to your brand? Because and the reason I ask that is, I, I see a lot of people trying to build a brand, right? But they're not credible people. They don't do what they say they're going to do. They don't show up on time. And they don't realize that your brand is really you, right? You're the brand. Uh, and it starts with you. So I'm just curious, man, what is your personal take on credibility when it comes to building a brand? So my personal take on it is delivering the highest customer, the highest standard of customer experience, right? So being punctual, being on time, delivering, over-delivering, doing what you said you're going to do, and just making sure that customer experience from the beginning to the end, from, in my case, from the consultation to the proposal, to the design of the product, to the end of the service, it's always a smooth and punctual experience for the customer. So that's my biggest take on it, having a reputation of being a person who is um, really in tune with the customer's brand and their business. Branding, anybody got any branding tips? What are you guys seeing as work? Yeah, I was gonna say, like, what is, I was, I was on the network and so when you meet that person that is interested in your product or service, what does that follow up with? Oh man, so follow-up is really uh, the biggest part of the battle, right? You've done all that work, you came out here, right? You've been nervous, all of those things as you meet somebody. Uh, follow-up is key. I, I tell you guys an interesting uh, fact about the t-shirt industry. Uh, I'm a real big data person, so I analyze data a lot. So I wanted to know when I was first starting out my t-shirt company, why did customers choose me, right? I have a small shop in Orange Valley. Uh, wasn't the prettiest shop, right? We were really virtually just a starter business, but I started asking this question, why did you choose us? What made you do business with us? And the number one answer I got was because I was the first one that got back. On average, they sent an email or they inquired with three different t-shirt companies. And because we were the first ones that got back, they didn't care about any things that I thought they cared about, right? But it's that follow-up. Um, to answer your question, man, networking, if I've gotten a business card from you guys tonight, you're going to get an email from me first thing in the morning. It's just systematic. I'm going to say, hey, this is who I am. This is where I met you with. Just a reminder, this is who I do. And I'm going to send you an invitation for a coffee or lunch. It's just it's, it's, it's just the way I do it, right? And that's how I've been able to build personal connections. You got to be a student of your business, right? Uh, you got to be a student of the game. So if there's high-level people that you're trying to attract, you got to know that customer. You got to know that person. I said, I'm real big on data, right? So... I would study, I would go find them on their profile, I would look at, you know, how they spend their time, things that they like. Uh, but I'm gonna tell you the biggest way that I connect with people that I want to connect with is really through uh, mutual connections, right? Uh, and like what Ruben said, and kind of what we're talking about through networking, once you do serve a lot of people and you make connections, those people, you can reach back into that network. A lot of times it's just three degrees separation. Have you ever heard of that concept before? You're really, the, the concept of it all is you're really only one or two people away from those connections that you need. So I would look in my network, right, and then I would figure out how can somebody connect me. And if you don't have anybody in the network, then you got to be a student of the game. You got to figure out 
you know, what are they eat lunch at? You know, what, what are the things that they like it? And put yourself in a position to be able to meet them. So we back on uh, network. Anybody got questions on building a brand? Any branding questions? My question is about um, multiple streams of income as an entrepreneur and how to maintain a brand that is still credible, but that you can deliver on all of those diverse um, entities that you're into. So speaking of myself, um, I call myself a Jane of all trades because I try to do it all, but it's because I love people. I love to connect people with services. So, and giving them access is literally the thing, it's literally the thing that's keeping you from your dreams. So just having the foot in the door, but it makes me have so many doors. So I'm just wondering like what that branding strategy needs to look like on my end, making those connections, but also having successful outcomes. So um, that's a great question. I think you have to know what, what your ultimate goal is. I think that's the best way I can, can answer it. What is the one thing that you're trying to push and promote? I think for me, at the end of the day, I'm pushing my podcast, right? So all roads lead back to the podcast. So even though I may do a networking event over here, I may be doing something over here, I may be a part of this, all roads lead back to my one call of action. Uh, and I don't think it's a right or wrong answer, but for me, what I've, what I've noticed is, uh, I've heard it put that if you chase too many rabbits, you're going to end up missing, you know, to all of them. And so I tend to chase one thing and I give it my all. Uh, equity tab, if you go on any of my profiles right now, it's all equity tab. And it's intentional. I've even changed my profile name to it. And I'll keep it that way for about a year before I change it again. Because I need you to identify my brand as one thing. And I've seen that once you give you know all your time and attention to the one thing, it typically gives birth to all of those side projects, right? I put all my attention and time into one company for 10 years. But that one company allowed me to do real estate, allowed me to do other different investment opportunities, right? If I tried to do all of them at once, I probably would have never effectively built, you know, the t-shirt brand to the level in which we built it at. I said, I don't think it's a right or wrong. It's just my personal preference. I tend to focus on one thing and then let that thing give birth to, uh, to everything else. Anybody got some input on that? Go ahead, Lou. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll start. Oh. My name is Alton, everybody. Uh, I do photography and social media marketing. I'm also a, a musician. Uh, so to your question, uh, I read this book called The Millionaire Booklet. Uh, I forgot his last name, but his first name is Matthew. And what he was basically saying is uh, whatever company you're working in or whatever vision you're working in, try to scale within that. So basically kind of stand within the same genre and find different niches, like different uh, ways that you can make money within that. So like if it's in the same genre, like if I do uh, photography and then I'm doing marketing. So uh, graphics and stuff like that, those are within my same thing. So I wouldn't try to do real estate just yet. You know, uh, I'll wait on down the line until I'm ready to do that. So basically kind of that. I got a little input on that. So um, I had that problem bad, like I had that problem bad. And one of the things that helped me to solve it and kind of get my fix of like each thing that I want to do is um, I kind of took all my skills and put them into one thing and branded it for the most part. So I like doing graphics. I like doing design for people. I like um, sales. So branding and marketing kind of does all of that for me. But instead of doing like a flyer for a club or um, just doing like a logo for somebody, 
uh, offer a service like visual identity packages along with website design. So instead of like one day projects, two day projects, things like that, now my projects take, you know, two, three, four weeks sometimes. I kind of get to hit all of those points, all of those skills that I like to do personally. Ruben. Well, uh, one of my mentors always told me, he was like, uh, he said, in your business, you want to eventually build multiple strengths of income. But he was like, how do you do that? And uh, he gave me two examples. He said, let's say, let's say like uh, we're making $400,000, right? And he said, let's say person A. Person A puts, uh, uh, starts four businesses all at the same time, right? And uh, then he said, person B, he starts a business master his business and then takes the capital from that business and start another business and he can put it 100% into that business, get the capital out of that business and the other business that he started before. Then he started another business. And he said, he said, streams don't create rivers, rivers create streams. So if you actually want to be successful in everything that you're doing, you got to put your 100% in the first thing and let that build and actually get to the point where it's a machine and it's running itself. McDonald's is a machine. Walmart is a machine. You gotta build your, your first business to the machine to actually fund the next dream, the next vision, the next business. That's, that's a great answer. I love that quote, man. Well, it's rivers, 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 rivers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. streams are created, rivers, rivers create streams. Learn something like that, that's cool. Those remote versus in office work. Damn, this is an interesting one. I've been remote for the last two years, so. How many of you guys work remote right now? Show of hands. How many of you guys work in the office? Okay, kind of a mix. How many of you guys would uh, prefer to work remote over working in the office? Okay, still kind of mixed. I, uh, I think, man, when it comes to productivity, there's times in my career where even to today, right, sometimes I have to get up and I have to leave the house because it's just too comfortable of an environment, right? And I find myself sometimes being more productive when I go away from the house. So, But it's a, it's a good mix, too. Uh, because I, I can appreciate not having to be sometimes under that, you know, strict regimen of being in an office and doing things like this. So I think it's a healthy balance. How many of you guys uh, are familiar with the co-working space model? If there was an option in Memphis, how many of you guys would take advantage of it? Okay. Um, maybe hi. <laughs> Shameless plug. Um, yeah, let me say that. So my name is Melissa Nelms. And I actually own a Black-owned co-working space wow. in East Memphis okay. in the Apple Tree Shopping Center by Mariah Ridgeway. It's called the Culture Collab. Best business practices. Um, for me, I got to double back to, to the customer experience. You know what I mean? I mean, every business has to, to serve their clients, serve their customers. So for me, best business practices is being organized. Like I said, I have to use a CRM. I always, I always refer back to my CRM. If I'm on a consultation call, as soon as I'm ready to send a proposal, I can get in a conversation, pull up my notes, and it just rolls off so smoothly that I can refer back to things they said, things that we conversed about. I can say, you know, I see that you're interested in this. I remember we talked three weeks ago when you told me this. You know, that really makes an impact on the relationship that you have with your clients or your customers. So the customer experience, that's my best business practice. Yeah, for sure. Best business practices. Somebody yell some of them out. Go ahead. I think remembering small things that you can depending on your business. Like if you have a loyalty program, capture your customers like birthdays. Or when you talk to them on discovery calls and they mention their dog was sick last week. It's just certain things that I try to retain. So even if the relationship doesn't work or we don't secure a deal at that time, 
I'm always need to follow up and do check-ins because you never know when the opportunity to roll back around. So I'm going to say, oh my God, your child graduated last month. How are they doing now? People love to talk about themselves, and I don't know if you guys read How to Win Friends and Influence People. Remember, that's a very important book. But people love to talk about themselves, and they love that you remember small things about them. So when I talk to people again, I say, oh, you know, I was sick last time. How, you know, how is that? Oh, my God, man, I didn't think you remembered. And they talk about their dog for 20 minutes. But it stresses the relationship. And, you know, I didn't need you then, but... Speaking of, I might have something that's working. And so that's a way to just maintain relationships until they need Because the no is not a denial of delay, and they coming back. So just build that relationship and hold on every sure. So if I was to wrap a bow on it, that would be one of your best business practices. Have a genuine interest in your customers. I would say collecting data and like systems and processes. So like, however you do, however you check out, like for my business, however we check out a customer, like you have to document that whole entire process. So like, if you were to get sick, your team member could do the exact same thing. So like, cause a lot of the time, if we, something happens to us, the business is over with. But if you document that whole entire process, you could pick someone off the street and they could do the exact same thing. I'd say mainly for me um, as a content creator, just being consistent. A lot of times when you see me post, you don't know if I'm getting paid to be there or not. You just see like I'm posting this, I'm posting that. So just being consistent, people. if you do a thing, people need to see you do that thing a lot. So rather than something creative you're doing for yourself or something for you doing for a friend, just document that, post that, and let people see you doing that thing that's associated with your business or your goals. Yeah.